What Chuck doesn't know is I've secretly taken his verses and replaced it with a Honda Rebel. Let's see if he notices. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 58. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. And we're going to be talking about motorcycles. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Newsflash! That spells out Chuck is a what? Shut up! Nobody wants to know. I'm wearing pants. How are you doing? I'm so going to punch you. <laughs> Except for the shirt. Oh, God. Nothing wrong with my shirt. I like the shirt. Did you raid your dad's closet? No, this is a great shirt. Why did does you, everyone think this is a Did you raid your uncle's shirt? closet? It's a great shirt. It's a it's a blue paisley shirt. Yes. It's a 70s shirt. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Whose closet did you get into? Mine. Be honest. It's mine. My wife likes this shirt. She bought this shirt for me. Daddy let you play dress up, didn't he? And the main reason she likes this shirt is because it's got snaps in the front. And you can do this. Oh, God! Uh, why did you do that? Because you had it coming. Uh, you brought this on yourself, Chuck. Oh, God. Yes. That has nothing to do with motorcycles. My gold chains are very shiny. <laughs> I can't see. My pasty white skin reflects the light of the room I want until to, it blinds you. I want to throw up. Oh. Thank God I didn't take a shower after getting off the bike. Yeah, I noticed that. You just got off the bike, huh? Yeah, like uh, 800 miles in two days across yeah. the desert. Yeah, I actually got to ride your bike, too, when you got back. Got to see the verses for myself and ride it. Finally. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's been living in San Diego. Which is a bit inconvenient for a test ride, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. So what do you think? I still really love that bike. It's yeah. a fantastic bike. Loads of fun to ride. You and... were gone a long time. Well, I just went up the canyon. Sophie got bored and she wanted to go inside. I was riding the speed limit the whole way. I so, was eating you know. dinner. I was I was trying to be polite and not flog your brand new bike. I was reading the newspaper. At no point was I making passes on the passing zone that were fast. You were doing what? Never above 80. And you went up the canyon? Yeah. I don't think there's a speed limit sign that says 80 anywhere up the canyon. Mm, no. No, there isn't. No. 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 No, 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 no. It's probably much more than that. I wasn't really looking and they were going by too fast. <laughs> I mean, I was being really nice to your bike and not flogging it at all. Well, it was already broke in, so... Yeah, so no problem, right? I mean, you know, I... So... so. Did you pass anybody? No, never. Never inside a corner. No. <laughs> Certainly not a slow-moving car inside a corner. Did you notice the, the highway pegs on the bike? I didn't notice the highway pegs. I was busy. Busy what? Going slow. <laughs> Really slow? Exceptionally slow. Not breaking the speed limit. I did not pass the car at 75. I did not chase down Billy and ride, ride him you, through the S-turns like you, a horse. You did what? Hi, Billy. How's it going? What's up, Billy? Oh, are you riding your new bike with a big loud can and your tennis shoes? Oh, you can't find your lane position. Look, you're going through the S-turns. It's so cute. Hi, Billy. What does your speedometer say? Mine says we're going slow. <laughs> This is my friend's bike! Can you tell? God damn it! Are you still going slow, Billy? <laughs> the only way you could have beat that is if you just reached over and hit his kill switch on the oh way Oh my by. god, why didn't I? I missed the boat. I, you know, he would have gone about two miles an hour slower as far as I could tell. Every time we got to a straightaway, he'd gas it on his little sport bike. What was he on? Take off, I don't know, some fucking interchangeable Japanese sport, sport bike, bike with yeah. a loud-ass can. <laughs> <laughs> you 
killed them. And little, little, little like mirrors that you <laughs> he pe- couldn't see me. And he kept, he kept moving his elbow after the corners, after wobbling through the corners with me, just like <laughs> fucking riding in his back seat. <laughs> I, that bike makes you want to be a hooligan. It does. It really does. It I'm does. like, I'm like, oh, this is so nice. I can really, I can, I can. Yeah. Get oh, some. yeah. And uh, Chad, one of our listeners, just got his. Yeah. The the versus nation somewhere out there. He's like right behind some Billy. He's like, come on, <laughs> get some. I'm gonna have to make a little versus nation uh, picture now. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of stromination. <laughs> Yes. I don't think it works quite as well. No, it doesn't quite trip off the tongue. You'll have to come up with something else. Yeah. This is my thinking face. Can you tell? Yes, I can smell the smoke from here. (laughs) I think that's smoke. Is that you? Have you been on a bike for two days without showering? Yeah. So I rode through the desert. Mm -hmm. I took Joanne's advice. Yeah. I got a base layer. Yeah. I went down to Cycle Gear and, and they were selling this uh, that snug base layer heat out stuff. Yeah. Uh, I got the sh- the t-shirt and the short stuff and yep, it yep. looks like uh, winter underwear. Works great. Yeah, that's oh, cool. Oh my god, I can't believe what a big difference it made. Just putting it on, walking around the house, I got cold. Wow. Riding through the desert, I felt the chill. <laughs> it was weird. Awesome. I mean, you're you're still warm. It it's not the same kind of cold I got from the Otter Pop vest, mm-hmm. but it really works. I mean, awesome. just any air that was moving over it, it was just, it did the job. It looked a little weird when I shook the suit and I'm just wearing that. Yeah, but that's you, a little The strange. people at the Popeyes were a little, you know, <laughs> startled. Hi, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm in my boots and, the, and underwear. Hey, hey guys. I'm going to buy some fried chicken. <laughs> and, and rice. And rice. It's good. <laughs> just keep feeding. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop. More fried things. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, so the base layer advice Joanne gave, wow, that's it was it was great. Totally get out and get some base layer stuff. Whether and the cycle gear stuff was cheap. It was like thirty bucks. Well, that's not too bad actually. Yeah, so I don't know how great the cycle gear quality stuff, mm-hmm. but I was pretty happy. And I want to think about what I paid for my icebreaker stuff. What do you think of the seat on the Versus? That's the, uh, the well. I, I definitely noticed the, uh, the the actual surface and kind of uh, plushness of the seat was pretty good. It was the right mix of like soft and hard. I thought it was, uh-huh. it was good. It's still got a real forward can't nut crusher effect. Oh god! I you definitely should, noticed that. You should try it stock. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess in this this one is already tilted some and has the Adcox modification. It's got to the it. Adcox seat, and I still have the washers in it that push the front end up a, oh a little. God. Um, it's clear to me if I bought this bike, the first thing I would need is a Russell. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the Adcox seat. Yeah, um, I'm gonna keep it. Oh yeah, it's good. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother replacing it. It's I couldn't ride it with the sheepskin. Yeah, I tried putting the sheepskin. Seems on. like it would put you up real high. I mean, you already feel like you're sitting kind of on top of the verses with the with the sheepskin on it. You that one definitely slid me forward. But it was great for like moving around and with the highway pegs out, I was mm-hmm. easily running the bike dry before stopping each time. I didn't have to hop off every eighty miles to scream in pain. Mm. <laughs> That's a distinct improvement. It was fantastic. Oh God, I love that bike. It really is a fun bike. Oh, it's so it much rails fun. through the corners. Yeah. I mean, if I was going over the speed limit. Yeah. I finally gave up on Billy and did a U-turn. <laughs> 
You, you know, you could have handed him some MSF cards. I was, I, you know, I, there were moments I was like, I wanted to like go up next to him and be like, take this line through the corner and then you can go fast, Billy. Follow me. Follow me. <laughs> you jackass. Yeah, you know, that bike is, uh, it's a hooligan bike in disguise kind of. Yep. It's so much fun. Yeah, the, the only thing I can really think of to complain with it about it is really the the engine doesn't have the down low punch it goes just fine down low but there's no real punch to it down there you really got to wind it up and yep. then it hits yeah but it's definitely that, that there's a distinct kind of just bleh yeah when you're on the freeway or something you want to try to pass and stuff you're you're clocking down yeah you totally row that gearbox you weren't kidding about that <laughs> I, was, I was rowing the living <laughs> shit out of that thing you know I the strom i put in second gear and i can ride it like an automatic through all the canyons because mm-hmm. you know anywhere between 25 and 90 that's fine <laughs> the versus is you know row row shift shift but shift. it's fun oh it is it's oh, super it's fun so much fun because you know you're, you're basically just wailing it the whole way through it's kind of like the it's a lot go figure like the baby ninja of which it's kind of a larger version of the same mm-hmm. engine it's you just got to wind it way up there to where it's wailing to really get get some juice out of it did you get a chance at all to try the cruise control i didn't try the cruise control i did notice that your throttle has a ton of slop in it and your rear brake is really mushy really yes okay i didn't notice that about the rear brake yeah we could probably fix the throttle pretty easily and the rear brake might need to be bled Mm. It just had its first... Uh... Yeah, I think they must have done it wrong because it's, it's major mush-tastic. Wow. Once you get through the mush and actually get it, it does bite quite well. It's okay. a good good break, but it's just the first part of it is mad mush. Oh, wow. Squoosh. And that's coming from a V-Strom rider, so, you know. Yeah, that means... That, that means serious mush. Yeah. <laughs> we know mush in the V-Strom community. One thing you did mention was the uh, the buffeting from the screen. Yeah. I didn't really notice much at all. Oh, God, I noticed it a lot more once I put the screen back on. Yeah, well, the, f- the funny thing is is I, I did do one thing is I ducked down just a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, I have a really long torso. So I kind of just – I was wondering. I was like, maybe I'm just, like, above it a little bit. So I ducked down just a little bit, and all of a sudden there was, like, a really mm. kind of thing going on. Are you saying I'm shorter? I, I think so. I think your head is probably, like, a couple inches lower than mine. Is that why you always look down on me, Todd? Yes. Is that why? Yes. Aww. I'm judging you yeah, right now. Extra hard. Not in my in, 70s shirt. Like, not in that shirt. You're not. <laughs> Judge. Don't open it again. <laughs> and that's the real thing about this shirt is there's an implicit threat. Yeah, don't. At do, any time. Don't, don't do it again. Speaking of implicit threats. Yes. I spent my weekend throwing sharp objects with the nephews. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, I went up to the uh, Fort Bridger Rendezvous. Oh, yeah, this weekend. That, that time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is at Fort Bridger in Wyoming. This thing is a total hoot. And it's funny because there's a ton of bikers there, but it's all these Harley people. Do they do the whole black powder mountain men thing? Some, some of them do. There's guys who show up and they'll take off their leather jacket and like put on like buck a buckskin jacket oh, okay. and a, a fur hat and just walk on in. Neat. There's also random people who are camping there and then you can just walk in without the costume and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, there's tons of bikers doing that stuff there. There was one BMW I saw there, but the Harleys are majorly overrepresented and it's a shame because this thing is a complete hoot. Well, I went that one year and yeah. I had a blast. It's a good time. So it's basically you got everybody dressing up in these 1840s. 40s uh, outfits. You know, if you're into vintage, this is really vintage. I still have my hat, my <laughs> top cool hat. hat. Yeah. Yeah. So you go, everybody's dressed up in 1840s vintage and you go around and people, there's the cool thing I liked about it was all the handmade stuff. There was a little less of the blacksmithing than I would have liked this year. Really? Oh. Yeah. Well, cause I wanted, I was going to buy a tomahawk for a friend and a new throwing knife. Well, that one year I went, it was like, everything was so expensive. Yeah. It depends on what you're looking at. A lot of the stuff can be pretty expensive, but yeah. most of it's handmade and it's really high quality stuff. Yeah. You know, you want animal skins. This is where you go. Like really nice 
leather, including brain tanned leather, you can get it there. Sheepskin? It's sheepskin, yeah, you can get there. All those sheepskins tend to go pretty quick because people buy them really quickly for their chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or, their turn mo- motorcycle or their seat. motorcycle seat. <laughs> you know, I heard from a friend you can do that. Dead sheep. Dead sheep. <laughs> you know, and the thing about your dead sheepskin is it looks like a sheep. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's the like idea. The legs are flopping around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's part of the experience. But yeah. yeah, one of the one of the things I bought I actually found f- in the back of a what? This is my new throwing knife. What the hell? This is made by Fort Turner. We'll uh, put a link up on the site. I really like Fort Turner. So it's hand they do hand forged stuff for throwing sharp objects. Holy crap. It's like a pig sticker looking thing. Yeah, both of my tomahawks and my throwing knife are all made by Fort Turner. So that uh, camp axe that you like so much is uh-huh, yeah. Fort Turner's camp hawk. I but, see you've, you've been throwing it. Yeah, it's uh, it's hit a few things. Uh, I'm not very good with the throwing knife yet, so it's really best to stand behind me when I'm using it. I'm not even sure I'd feel safe behind you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not the least wise thing you've ever said. <laughs> you don't really worry about people stealing stuff from your camp there because nowhere else I've ever been are there more people walking around with edged weapons who know how to use them and throw them at people. <laughs> and guns too, right? I mean, yeah. Everyone's got black powder black weapons. Black powder and muskets and cannons. cannons. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was funny. The, uh, we were, when we were there, we had a dog with us and uh, the cannons went off on Monday morning and she uh, chewed out the back of her kennel in order to escape and run Aww. into the vestibule of one of the tents. Aww. If you've never had a 100-pound dog try to slide underneath the edge of the vestibule of your tent, you've missed a really funny show. (laughs) Apart from the part where you're wondering, how on earth did you get out of your camp? (laughs) (laughs) Poor puppy. (laughs) Yeah, so that that was fun. I recommend that to any listeners who are into a little bit of the old-timey stuff or just want, you know, giggles or, frankly, really cool handmade leather goods. That's cool. One of these years, I'm going to buy that cool portmanteau that the one guy does that I can put on the back of the Ural as luggage. It looks so awesome. <laughs> Brass buckles and hand-done leather. Oh, it's so cool. Well, it won't be the Ural. It'll probably be some other Strom hack thing, right? Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Because, you know, you add more, too much more stuff to the Ural and... Don't do anything which could add wind shadow or weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there? Lawn art? <laughs> yeah, 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 at the moment, it's still lawn art. Well, what's going on with it? I uh, yeah, may have uh, left the key on. <laughs> you what? I uh, left the key on in the garage. I'm sorry. You'll, I, I can't hear you. I left the key on in the garage again. <laughs> you killed the battery again? Again. That's twice now, right? Yes, in as many months. <laughs> I, uh, I have a little sign tape next to the door now. I'm an idiot? <laughs> no, it says turn off the bike. Because that's uh, two-year-old batteries and a Strom battery this year since I moved into the house. (laughs) I don't really have the best record with batteries. It's not my thing. Wow. My bikes are running fine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful. They they better be running fine. Yes, because they're both brand new. Yes. (laughs) You're still paying for them. No, no, they're paid for. Oh, okay. But just one of them was just recently totted. So it better still be running fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. No, the rev limiter is working great. <laughs> it's really shocking when that kicks in in the middle of a turn, though. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> Especially when you're three feet from some other bike. And you're trying to reach over and hit his kill switch. And you're trying to reach for his kill switch. <laughs> Smack! <laughs> Damn it. What's up, Billy? <laughs> the really funny thing about hitting someone's kill switch in motion is then you get fire out the back of the bike. <laughs> Oh, God, I know what's going to happen next time we ride with Claire. (laughs) 
you slap. <laughs> well, you know, you know what the really funny thing about the whole slap idea is. Both mm. Claire and I have handguards that make it very difficult to do that. Mm, you yeah. know, yeah, that's true. I might have to get some handguards. Unless Claire rides his new bike. Oh yeah, his ER6N Squidmobile. I haven't. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, so in keeping with the hey, let's buy Kawasaki two-cylinder sport bike engines. Let's buy new bikes. Yeah. Let's buy bikes. Let's buy new Hoon bikes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you and Claire are upgrading all over the place. <laughs> I'm selling things off and buying cubic yards of diapers at Costco. He just got that Tiger XC, too. Yeah, I Not know. Not that long ago. Well, and he's talking about selling his ST1100 now, too. Yeah, it's because, well, what's he going to do with it? That's a good point, actually, because everything he'd want to do with the ST1100 would be, like, carry a lot of stuff and carry a passenger, but he's not going to carry a passenger. Yeah. He can carry a ton of stuff on the, the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those giant, giant bags. Oh, I'm, I got to mention this. I am so glad I did not buy an Explorer. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because they came out with a new one. Really? Did you see that? No. They they just uh, announced they're doing a Explorer XC, mm. the adventure model. Adventure. Adventure Explorer. Adventure. When the Explorer wasn't adventure-y enough. Tech is reeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of introducing them at the same time, they, they waited. So huh. if I had just bought an Explorer, I would have been so pissed. <laughs> well, what what is the what does the adventure version have? A uh, windshield windshield? Uh, Metal luggage? It's the only thing I've heard, I only kind of glanced at it because it got me immediately angry, mm-hmm. was uh, it's going to have spoked tires. Okay. Spoked wheels. Yeah. With uh, tubeless tires. Okay. That's neat. Yeah. But. That's what BMW does, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lord knows what it's going to cost. Uh, a lot. I think it adds like a grand or so to the price. And no, it's not too bad. Maybe like a, they add some weight. There was some stuff, other stuff mm-hmm. they did. I think they added the crash bars. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, the typical, now you're adventure Now you're adventure You yeah. weigh 700 pounds and you're adventure Yeah, they, they made it more expensive and heavier. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I never really understood the spoked wheels on a bike that size. Because realistically, if you're on such serious off-road that you're worried about bending a cast rim, what the fuck are you doing there on a 600-pound <laughs> bike? I mean, I do, Adventure! Adventure. But I, I do unnatural things with the Strom on a regular basis, up to and including running over, you know, curbs. Yeah. But... I know it's limitations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't go through boulder fields and jump shit with a 600 pound bike. <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're selling to a, a market and uh, and that market has an image. Yeah, that's true. That is part of the look, isn't it? I mean, it, it's really turned into the, the, the chopper. I need spoked wheels. I need, sp- you know, it's not a serious adventure bike unless it's got spoked wheels mm-hmm. and, and aluminum cans and a windshield, 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 running lights. Mm-hmm. Crash bars. Hardcore, hardcore adventure people. Belly would have pans. Running lights and, and one light that works and the other that's missing because it fell off. So I heard. Are you talking about KLR guys? <laughs> Dude, no. <laughs> no, I was talking about the night I showed up here at your house and you're like, is your light? Oh, yeah, that's right. Your light that? was hanging off. <laughs> well, you know, they were, they were, I was on a KLR budget at the time. So. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Still on a KLR budget. No, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard uh, Turtek's first thing for the KLR is going to be aluminum milk crates. Dude, <laughs> adventure, bro. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, the, the Explorer XC. Look for it soon in your. And at this point, I'm just calling it now. Eh. It's it's jumped the shark. Eh, I think so. Yeah, the time might have come. 
my rat bag ass V-Strom will become a curiosity Yeah, someday. Yeah. I hope someday to embarrass my children with it. I'd sell it and buy a Versus, except no one on earth would buy my V-Strom. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, n- nobody, nobody in the world. No, no. I, I took my daughter out to your V-Strom while you were hooliganing on my bike. Yes. And she's like, oh, look how dirty it is. <laughs> yeah. Look at, look at the hand grips and look at that. Look at this. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, the hand grips are disintegrating. I, I put them on at about the uh, the 15,000 mile mark and I'm yeah. now at 50. And uh, <laughs> she pointed at the seat and she's like, look at that. Yeah, the like, seats, I don't know where that stain came from. The seat's That's got weird. a little grime ground into it. Oh, speaking of grimy and grunge, and you're the guy I need to talk to you about that. Yeah. How often do you clean your suit? Uh, I did it once. You done it once? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, it's gone a couple times across the desert now. I'm kind of yeah. wondering. I did my Olympia suits. I, I've cleaned them once. How um, do you clean them? I took all the pads out and put them in the washing machine. I will say that the collar of my uh, my phantom suit ripped when I did that. Okay. At the stitching, so I wasn't terribly happy with that. Had I to do it again, I would be tempted to like fill a bathtub with soapy water and like scoosh them around in it. Okay. I take all I take all the pads out still because you don't want them to get all. Yeah, you don't want to take a paddle and start rolling. That, it around. That's actually kind of what I do is, is get like a, a something to stir it with the stir stick and because uh, just go after it. I got a little sweaty in the desert. Yeah, yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> My uh, wax cotton jacket has a very distinct Todd funk about it now. Mm-hmm. Although one thing I did notice on the verses is with a lot less windshield and uh, fairing, yeah. my ventilation on that jacket works phenomenally. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. So much venting. Wow. Yeah. That, that jacket is really cool. Thank you. I like that jacket. I like it a lot too. It's just and, and it's just every day I wear it it gets a little more comfy as like the wax cotton like starts to soften up and conform to my shape. Mold to you. Mold to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Nelson Riggs saddlebags I got. Really? Uh, the zippers aren't that great. Mm-hmm. They're they're they get caught up real easy and stuff. I mean yeah. space wise everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I'm gonna stick with soft bags on that bike. Are you? Yeah. Unless one of our listeners was like, you know, you got to do the cardboard bags, mm. the cardboard uh, cases. Cardboard cases. <laughs> Wait. No, not cardboard. The... I was going to say, are you are you secretly a KLR one? <laughs> the plywood. Dude. Plywood case. Well, I could, I could do cardboard cases and, and uh, mm-hmm. fiberglass those. Yes. <laughs> You could. I could. Strictly speaking. No. No, plywood cases? Plywood cases. I'm thinking those would really weigh that little bike down. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm worried about is I, I'm adding hard cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Pelicans, I'm thinking I'm, I'll just stick with the soft bags. If you're happy with the soft bags, I don't know that I'd bother with anything else. They have the major advantage of being cheap. Yeah. And I can, speaking from experience, when you drop your bike onto soft bags, they cushion it quite nicely. Yeah. I would like a top case. So mm. maybe I'll do a plywood top case. Yeah. Of some sort. Yeah. Nice, nice box up there. Well, it'll be a box. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's, not, let's not push it. A top case would make that a real practical, real enjoyable type of machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that bike is so oh, much Oh, it's fun. so much fun now. Yeah. yeah. And I got, you know, crash bars and a belly pan and more lights. Mm-hmm. Spoked and wheels. and Spoked wheels. There's an outfit in Utah that sells spoked wheel conversion for that bike yeah yeah they do it for the strom and everything too i i people spend thousands of dollars on that and i'm like hey well and part of i guess reason to do not just the spoked wheels but then you get the 19 inch wheels Mm -hmm. so and Mm -hmm. you know the adventure tires adventure versus 
Actually, I gotta say, throw that engine into a KLR, I'd be very tempted yeah. by that. Everything I love about the Strum and everything I like about the Versus, by and large. Although, I suppose the road manners that are so nice with the Versus would go away. Because uh, one thing yeah. you notice is it's like, I got on that. I'm like, oh, right, yeah, this this is why street bikes are better on the street. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they really are better. It, it definitely is a street bike. Yeah. I mean, I'll do fire roads, gravel roads, what, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. whatever, but it's a street bike. Yeah, totally. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So we've got an interview tonight with Daryl Mack, the riding comedian. The riding comedian tour, planet tour guy. Yeah. Suggested to us by James from The Pace. Mm. All right. We're on with Daryl Mack, who is suggested to us by our friends at The Pace because he is funny and we are funny. And they are The Pace. Ow. Well, it's true. That's mean. Well, oh. So, Daryl, we understand you're a motorcycle riding funny man. You trying to horn in on our business here? Uh, no, no, no. There's enough of uh, that uh, business for everybody, I think. Wait, there's business? We're getting paid? Well, wait, wait. You get paid money? for this? There's money? That's the idea. You bet. What are we doing wrong? I don't know. I mean, Apparently, besides being in the basement. Yeah, yeah, that, that's part of the problem. We probably also don't have a cool site like planettour.com, which is where Daryl's got pictures of riding and his tour schedule and so forth. So what? tell us a little bit about what you're up to, Daryl. All right, well, this all came about uh, back in 2008. I was out for a nice little motorcycle ride. It was uh, the, the ironic thing, I was just coming back from a bike dealer. I was looking at some new uh, gear to buy. I was trying to get new riding gear. And on my way for lunch, uh, a crazy driver decided to change lanes without looking and sent me flying off my bike, rode it off, ended up with some broken bones in the wheels or into the ambulance and uh, spent a few months in a sling and decided to try and make something a little bit more positive out of it and so I invented the uh, the planet tour and it's uh, me riding around on my motorcycle going from gig to gig and trying to promote road safety and sharing the road and telling the story and getting riders and non-riders together in the same room so they'll realize we're good people stop hitting us (laughs) (laughs) I like that that should be do you sell shirts with that on them I'm working on some shirts yeah I'm, I'm working on some different shirts I've just been tossing a few uh, slogans around to see what would be a good one, and uh, I do want to launch a line of uh, where this fall. We're good people don't hit us would be good, even if it is a big fat lie. But yeah. <laughs> So are you doing like a stand-up show and, and, and including this, this message with it, or are you just kind of, are you doing like the, the safety speech? No, it's a stand-up show, and I, I put a little bit of my story about the accident in there and the injuries I had, and I just try and use a bit of humor to educate, and I recently did a show for Horizons Unlimited at their big uh, rally out in the cusp, B.C., and I added some pictures to tell a bit about my story, and it went over quite well. So I'm working on doing like a one big uh, one-man show with audio-visual where I can show different things and then just launching the comedy as I describe what's going. So you're going to rig up your motorcycle with audio-visual equipment because, you know, my the nerd in the back of my head is going, that would be sweet! Yeah, well, I do carry a, a GoPro and a couple other video cameras and stuff. I, I actually have uh, quite a bit of gear on the bike, which is hard to do on a sport touring thing. I'm working uh, with some investors to build this up much larger so I can get a sponsor and maybe have a chase vehicle that mm-hmm. can carry most of the technical gear to allow me to ride with a lighter bike. What are you riding? Uh, right now I have a 2003 BMW K1200 RS. And you can't just, like, strap everything in the world to that? I mean, just bolt it on. You know, it's, it's yeah. just plastic, man. Pull Come a trailer. On. Yeah, put some inadvisable <laughs> holes I, in your fairing. If I have to pull a trailer, I will will sell my motorcycle license. That's not riding to me. I, I, I can't do the trailer. No way. There's a bunch of old guys around the world that are going, <laughs> Oh, well, good for If you want to pull a trailer, fine. If you got spare space, I've got things you can carry for me, but I want to lighten up my bike. That's what I'm trying to do is get it down to about 60 pounds a gear instead of 100. So do you want to downsize your bike? 
No, I want to keep this bike. I'm also looking into getting a dual sport. Uh, some of the roads I've been on aren't quite conducive to a sport tour and the suspension that's on one. And with the dual sport, I can start doing some of the back roads. There's a lot of great gravel roads that go through the mountain passes where I can get away from all the people in motorhomes, the tourists or terrorists, as I call them, the way they drive. There's a lot of good comedy clubs, you know, off-road in the backwoods. Uh, well, no, I wouldn't go full of cannibals. Back, but there's some great shortcuts from one town to the next that you can take some uh, some of the gravel roads. What places have you hit on the Planet Tour? I have done two cross Canada shows or tours in the last two summers. I've gone from coast to coast and hit various places. I did on a shoestring budget, and I financed all the video production myself. And I want to do the Baja this February. I'm just trying to put that together. Then I want to head to Australia and circumnavigate mm-hmm. that little island down there. And that would be really cool. You live uh, out on the west coast, then? No. No, I'm in Calgary. I'm just a, just a short 11-hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, i got to ask you this, because when I was in Canada, going across Canada, I noticed this. What is it with the two sides of Canada? Everyone in Canada treats Saskatchewan like crossing the friggin' ocean. I get to BC, and I tell people I was in Ontario, and they're like, oh, you came across Saskatchewan? I'm like, wow. yes, on the there's a road. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People in BC usually don't leave BC, so that's not a, a good yardstick for measurement. Uh, Saskatchewan is a very flat chunk of prairie, it's, but you can get across it in one day. The most boring portion I found was going across Ontario because it's the most heavily policed province in the country and has the lowest speed limits, and it's so difficult to try and stay at there 90 kilometers an hour or 55 miles per. It, you almost fall asleep going across there. There's nothing to do except look at a straight road cutting through a forest. They've taken all the corners out, so Saskatchewan <laughs> was a lot more fun than on. Ontario. I've seen Canada on TV. <laughs> so I, I did get to see some really uh, neat stuff. Uh, last year, I was on the Bay of Fundy. I camped, went to sleep to the sound of ocean surf, and woke up in the morning. The ocean was pretty much gone. There was such a huge tidal flat because it's the highest tides in the world. It's mm-hmm. really awesome to see. Wild. So what yeah. kind of reaction do you get at your shows when you're pushing the message? Don't hit us. Please, please. The people, when you're when you're sitting there making them laugh and you tell them the story about how you were taken out by a hit-and-run driver, you know, they, they tend to listen. And I have put some pictures up of some of the injuries. Uh, my, my first cross-country tour, after going all the way across Canada to try and do this message, I got to Edmonton and went out to do some errands. And on my way back to the condo where the club put me up, some lady did a high-speed U-turn, bounced off the curb right into my path, and I bounced off her door and went, are you kidding me? Just, Wait, you got into another accident? It was forced upon me. There's a difference. <laughs> wow, man. I mean, you know, they say you got to suffer for good comedy, but yeah, maybe well, you I should was, just dial it back a little. I was doing everything right. I was obeying the law, going the speed limit, and uh, this lady cut right in front of me. They do that left turn right in front of the bike, so I moved mm-hmm. over lane to give her some space, and then suddenly she cranked the wheel to do a U-turn, and at the speed she was going, she couldn't do the U-turn, and she hit the curb, and the front end of the car basically just flipped right over into my lane and I had a millisecond to react to reduce the the impact and I aimed for the door instead of the hood. She was trying to flip a U-turn at speed? What is it, the Dukes of Hazard up there? Well, it's Edmonton, you know. They're they're a little cowboy there. Yeah, it was more cowboy one, but... uh... Yeah, it's, it was just one of those things where someone did a really bad mistake. She admitted guilt on the spot and everything, but that didn't help me. Rode off my bike. I lost my show that night. Spent the evening in the emergency ward and got to meet her morphine all over again. That was uh, the best part of the night, I suppose, was the morphine shot. <laughs> what bike was that? That was the uh, Bandit 1250. Uh, oh. Really nice machine. I was having a lot of fun on it. And then I had my insurance money. I had to go shopping, so it was used bike time, and that's where the Beamer came from. Two wrecks, man. Ooh. And get right back yeah. on the bike. You must love it. I said, a lot, a lot of my friends think I'm crazy because I bought another motorcycle. And they said, you know, you're crazy. You could have been killed. And I said, well, I've caught Mr. Happy in a zipper before. Still wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs>
When did you start riding? Well, when I was a little kid, uh, boring friends' mini bike, you know, dirt bikes whenever I could. My mom always hated motorcycles and wouldn't allow me to own one, so I just had to steal rides if I could. And then when I moved out at the age of 20, I went and purchased my first motorcycle, a street bike, which was a Honda CB450 Hawk right across the prairies, including Saskatchewan. <laughs> you cross Saskatchewan? Oh my God! Is there only one road there? Is that... There's dragons and there's it. I don't know. I don't know what they're scared of. It's Canada. It's polar there, bears. There's right? there. No, no. It's it's like sunflowers and and more sunflowers and, and polar bears. soybeans. Polar and bears. Sunflowers. No, those are up north. Well, that's Canada. Can you just tell Chuck there's polar bears? It make him feel better. Chuck, there are polar bears, but you got you have to go way north until the trees stop growing. That's how far north they are. I've never seen one in my life except in the zoo. So that's the Canadian border, right? <laughs> where the U.S. ends. That's that's where from here there be bears. Well, that's that's the funny thing about Canada is Canada just keeps on going north. You go multiple U.S. states north in a single province, and there's still three quarters of the province north of you. It's madness. Exactly. Yeah. Like to get to the top of my province, uh, if you started from the bottom, it would be you, you would need a day and a half to do it. It's just too long to drive in one day. Wow. It's craziness. Huge. We're spread out. Canada is everywhere. They're watching you from the north and do something. I feel uneasy about that. With their with their currency, which is not highly devalued in the current market. Wait, wait no, talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> I like their currency. It's an odd combination. Now, certainly, we know about slipping information in the back door through a little bit of comedy, but... Uh, we do? Were you a comic? I assume you were a comic before you started to uh, do the comedy show plus motorcycle safety? That's correct. Yeah, I've been uh, doing comedy since 1993, and it's my main vocation. That's where I get the majority of my income, and I also set up shows for other people, and I'm working on getting some writing published, but comedy is the main the main job. That's pretty neat. So you did the Horizons Unlimited show. Are you going to try to do like more motorcycle-specific gatherings and stuff? I am. I'm hiring a planner and getting for those types events also want to do events where there's motorcycle riders and not cycle riders together so they can meet the people because i i feel mm-hmm. there's uh, an animosity towards us from the public there's a bit of a, a prejudice it's such a stupid stereotype and hollywood is always so happy to keep it uh, alive people i ride with are the least scary folks you could ever meet you know, like restaurant owners not not with your gang members that uh, you should be afraid of just everyday people just enjoying their passion we're no different than the guy who gets up at 6 a.m to go golfing all day there are some attorneys who ride so you should be a little nervous around bikers <laughs> or accountants well he does ride a bmw so you know that's true are you sure you're not secretly a stockbroker Hey, look at my bank account. Yeah, I'm not a secretly a stockbroker. <laughs> <laughs> not a very. My good bank one. account's huge. Lots of space in there. <laughs> I just figured they turned the power off in Canada after eight. Well, you know, I hear I hear there's lots of women in Canada. There's there's not many, but there's lots of them. Well, we do have women. Yeah, we're we're no different than you guys. We're just uh, unarmed and we have health care. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, damn it. Wait, they're unarmed? How come we haven't invaded them yet? Yeah. Because all we would do is go north until winter, and then when you froze to death, we'd take your guns and then come down and take you guys over. That's the way we work. They're like Russia. Nobody can invade them because it's damn cold. <laughs> Plus polar bears. Also hey, polar bears. You, we had a back in the War of 1812, U.S. and Canada. We kicked your butt, burnt the White House to the ground, and we still have those muskets, so don't piss us off. We'll, we'll pull them out of storage. <laughs> Wow. Jeez. I, I'm a little intimidated. I feel like diplomatic relations have hit a new low. <laughs> the uh, What's the furthest out in the sticks you've ever gotten for a show? Fort David, Northwest Territories. Uh, you have to do 
about 230 kilometers of a mud-packed dirt road, and there's wild wood bison, like buffalo up there, <laughs> and the herd crosses the road, you just sit in your car and wait for them to go by. And I did that by car. I haven't ridden up there. The most uh, remote place I've done with a motorcycle, I did an episode on Nova Scotia, and there's a group called MUM, Maritimers United for Medicinal Marijuana, and they invited me to do a <laughs> Yes, Maritimers Unite for Medicinal Marijuana. They had a a fall harvest show, and it was out in the middle of the boonies. I had to follow somebody. I didn't even get a map or directions, and we set up uh, a little camp area out in the farmer's field. It was like a mini Woodstock, or I guess Weedstock, I guess you could call it. Were there a bunch of KLRs? No, I was the only motorcycle there. This was all just people for... um, you know, teaching you know, the public and educating them on the medicinal uses of marijuana and have this big uh, event every har- uh, fall harvest. And I was on after the band, and they had food and a bonfire, and it was just a, a great group of people, and I had no idea where I was, and I was camping out in the <laughs> far- farmer's field with a bunch of other tents and a couple of motorhomes. I can imagine so, that show. It's like, okay, mar- marijuana could be very helpful. It's it's good. And, and oh, by the way, please don't run us over. <laughs> there, And I had a great time. It was a full moon. It couldn't have been a better night. We had a full moon the whole time, and I got a great picture of my tent by the bike with the, the full moon up in the sky. It looked pretty cool. In the field of bank. (laughs) Thousands of Volkswagen buses as far as the eye can see. Which wasn't very far because of all the smoke. A couple of motorhomes, but none of the the old VW buses at all. I'm a little disillusioned, actually. So are you going to be coming down to the States uh, soon, or...? I, uh, I'm working on getting down to the U.S., but I do have to get all the paperwork for the work. It's a little bit difficult to just cross the border in the U.S. And go, hey, I'm here to take away your work. So that is a bit of a slow process, and I am hoping to have that uh, cured before. We're, Damn Canadians taking the jobs from hardworking American comics. We're very protective of our homegrown comic industry. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes, they took our jobs. They took our funny jobs. Oh, well, that, that'd be pretty cool because that one show I was thinking of, Overland Expo. I'm picturing him like chewing fur by candlelight while talking to us. <laughs> and you would be picturing incorrectly. I'm actually just sitting here in my shorts and a t-shirt with a flat screen TV. We are modern. We have running water and everything. Is it hot running water? Well, if you have enough wood. (laughs) 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 I always suspected something. Yes, we have all the same things you guys have. Yeah, but we like to do this just to uh, poke our Canadian listeners and get them into a froth. We actually have quite a few Canadian listeners, it turns out. Strangely enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have podcasts and stuff up there. (laughs) Oh, we do. Flush toilets and everything. We We are advanced. You don't have the Kardashians. Yes, and we are grateful for that on a daily basis. That might actually count for them. <laughs> so you've been doing a bunch of motorcycle shows. Um, I guess, do you do the uh, the comedy routine with the safety shtick when you have no motorcyclists in the area? Do you always try to get it mixed up? And Have you had a show where that's kind of fallen flat, like the audience wasn't interested? Uh, there are some times when there's not a, a big audience that has no motorcycle riders in it, and some of the motorcycle material kind of falls flat. But mm-hmm. if I do the story about getting... Uh, hit in the accident, that's something that they have interest in, but uh, any motorcycle-specific jokes goes right over their head. Mm. So I do I do alter the material that I do depending on what kind of crowd I'm in front of. You know, if it's a younger crowd, I will change it up. Do you ever get, like, a, a negative or hostile reaction from people? Because, like, you know, some people do get hot under the collar about riders and stuff. I don't get 
any uh, irate people in the audience coming back at me because I'm a writer, but I have had uh, people heckle and interrupt the show. Usually it's a young girl with too much alcohol in her one brain cell that's still working, and they're the worst. <laughs> young girls and alcohol, and they think they're a princess, uh, instant bitch in the audience sometimes. <laughs> oh, they have that screechy voice that you can't talk over. And <laughs> Oh, I can talk over. I just try and make their life uh, a living hell that night, make sure that I can get them to leave, that's all. <laughs> No refunds. Do you like? Do you go That's out right. and stamp a picture of a crying nineteen-year-old girl on your bike every time you manage to do that? No. Why would I uh, deface a nice motorcycle with some crying nineteen-year-old princess wannabe? What, what stickers do you have on your bike? I've got two little stickers, one on each side uh, bag for the Wharf Rat Rally, because I was at that one. Actually, just wrapped up this weekend out in Digby, and I unfortunately could not be there. And I've got some stickers on the inside of my top case, but I don't deco the bike. I don't cover it with a whole bunch of decals. It's just too pretty looking. You've broken Chuck's brain. <laughs> I don't understand. You've completely broken him. But vinyl. <laughs> yes, Chuck, vinyl. We know. White vinyl. Hello Kitty vinyl everywhere. We get it. I like stickers. We know. I don't know. yeah, I don't put stickers on the bike right now. It would just make it look too tacky. You're tacky, Chuck. I am not what So so you've been the, the shirt you're wearing Let's leave the shirt out of it. The, the big hello. So you've been doing a bunch of uh, motorcycle rallies and stuff like that. Are there others you're expecting to do in the near term? Motorcycle type events? Uh, there is. I would like to get down to the actual Sturgis rally someday just to see it. And I want to see what uh, Daytona Bike Week is like. Mm. But I also want to go to some of these rallies where it's all the international travelers, the adventure riders. Uh, the one that I went to in the Cusp BC a couple weeks ago, uh, some of the presenters and what they have gone through on some of their bike trips was absolutely fascinating. They've got all this information on what you need to cross into these different countries and mm. what shots you have to have and the equipment they use and there was just some amazing trips that I, I felt a little humbled in front of these people where they had gone. If you go to Sturgis and you tell any jokes that might make Harleys look a little bad, are you worried you're going to be, you know, run out of town by a bunch of stockbrokers on Harleys? Possibly audited? No, they can't run you out of town when you speak the truth in a joke. He can't, <laughs> he can't be He can't be audited. He's from Canada. Oh. Yeah, no, the only joke I do about Harleys is basically just uh, I, I kind of poke fun at their brand loyalty and how, how devoutly loyal they are to one brand, and I just make fun of that portion because it's, it's hard to wrap my head around how someone would only want to ride one type of motorcycle, nothing else. I've tried all the different Japanese brands. I've tried BMW. I've ridden Harleys. I'm looking forward to trying a KTM. I would love to try. I've ridden a Moto Guzzi, and that was a really neat machine. They're all different and unique in their own way, so... I don't understand the one-brand mentality. That's kind of like the Russian car industry, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Nothing like the Russian bike industry, which they follow. Oh, yeah. What color of black would you like your car, comrade? Black or black? What color would you like your Ural, Todd? <laughs> black. <laughs> Actually, the Ural, that's a machine I'd like to try. There's some great uh, places I could take it just in the mountains nearby. I'd love to have a Ural and fill that sidecar with some camping gear and just take off up into the mountains. Not too steep mountains, we hope. Oh, yeah. I could speak from experience and say that when it gets pretty steep, you got to kind of hit it with a little running start, even in two-wheel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. When you're picking shows, do you deliberately pick them in such a way that you can take a fun route? Like, oh, I've got a show in Edmonton. I guess I'll have to go over and go up the Icefields Parkway to Jasper or through the Kootenay or something. Darn. 
Yeah, sometimes that's what I try to do is find places of interest. And uh, we were working on a bunch this year. The economy hasn't quite rebounded the way the media would like us to believe, and some <laughs> of the shows did not pan out the way I wanted. That's why we're doing the revamping on how we do the bookings. But I'm looking for interesting places to go, and the more off the beaten path, I think the more fun it can be. I want to go and see like little backwater places and you know find out why people live there and what what there is to see. It's about discovering the whole planet and all the little hidden gems. I'm totally imagining that scene from the Blues Brothers. <laughs> In the cowboy bar. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the good old blues brothers, boys, whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, not quite that far up into the sticks. I want, uh, I want some book readers. <laughs> you look pretty. That's right. You ain't from around here, boy. Where was that Bach made? <laughs> You know, you call it the planet tour. So you're, I'm guessing you're aspiring to, you know, pretty much go around the world at some point. Yeah. Uh, the planet. To me, I want to see the planet because the world to me is a man-made creation and the world's going crazy right now. So I don't want to do a world tour. That's why I'm out to see the planet. So you make a distinction between the world and the planet. So the planet is the uh, the big ball we're sitting on with all the interesting nature and things like that. And the world is that. The man-made, all the man-made borders and lines and politics and all the stuff that ruins the planet. That's, that's mm. why I'd want to do the planet instead of the world tour. And, and the world tour has been done. People have gone around the world. I want mm. to see the planet, which means I'm not going to just circumnavigate the globe. I want to go to different corners in as many places as possible. So it doesn't mean I'm going to just go from country to country until I go all the way around and go, yep, I'm done. To me, that's boring. I want to just keep exploring every little nook and cranny, every back trail, every cool little town and what their secret uh, gem is, that they're not letting the world know that, hey, this is here. Do we have any gems in Salt Lake? Yeah, several. Yeah, like what? Shh. He'll find out. <laughs> no one's told me yet. He could be with Canadian intelligence. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm not with the government because I don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian intelligence agent? Would that be the CIA? Yeah. CSIS is what we have. The what? CSIS. Canadian Secret Intelligence Service, I think is what it is. Oh, okay. I thought they were all the Mounties. And they're, they're out there on the job doing something. I don't know what they do, but they're out there. Right now. <laughs> Watching. Creepily. Moose. <laughs> Riding moose. <laughs> That's not really a moose. It's a sophisticated surveillance robot. <laughs> well, you know. No, I don't know. You guys, you guys are having way more fun uh, in the back there than, than me right now. He just called us boring. We make it a point to alienate guests as much as possible. So do you have any upcoming events you want to plug? Our listeners should go check yeah, out. Yeah, there's actually uh, really exciting news happening here in Calgary. We are getting our first big comedy festival, the YY Comedy Fest. Mm-hmm. And that starts on September the 24th. And I have my very own show in the festival on the 25th, the Tuesday. I'm putting on my own production, my own show. And also during the festival on the Thursday, I get to work with some guy who's from Canada, lives down in L.A. You might have heard of uh, Harlan Williams. Mm-hmm. And he's in uh, doing some shows and I get to uh, open for him. So that's going to be a pretty exciting. But no, it's my show on the 25th. I'm calling it Funny from the Saddle. And uh, if they go to yycomedy.ca. Cool. So yycomedy.ca in your site is theplanettour.com that's correct uh, people check it out I please ask you to subscribe to the show there's a subscribe link and that way you'll be in my database I don't spam I don't sell the email list but whenever there's a big announcement I just send out a newsletter of what I'm doing and if there's a new video being released that'll be in there and once in a while I get to offer some great specials from some of my product sponsors that have supported the planet tour like Dragon Jeans cool the Dragon Jeans is very nice they gave me a couple of pairs of jeans to use so when I'm running around the city I'm not exposed to just denim I've got denim with Kevlar lining so should something happen, I don't have to worry about road rash. 
and apparently things happen to you. <laughs> things have happened. I've, I've worked on uh, trying to figure out what is going wrong, and I have decided that doing the speed limit is the most dangerous thing you can do in the city. And if there's any cop out there who thinks that that's not a good idea, well, fuck you. I've been hit twice following the speed limit, so I don't do the speed limit. I go a little bit faster than the cars, and I make sure I keep moving, and I don't stay in the lane too long. Controlling your space makes sense. It's good Control to know that. Space and just stay away from the cars. And since that lady turned in front of me and did that high-speed U-turn, I was always wondering why every time there's an accident, somebody says, I didn't see the motorcycle. Mm. But they did see the motorcycle. But I think what's happening, especially with these uh, daytime running lights that cars have to have, like, so before that came in, the, uh, the motorcycles used to have the headlight on by law, and we were very visible. And when the cars started having the lights on, we started to blend in. And I believe what happens is people look, and if they don't see two headlights, they don't think there's anything that can hit them. They might see the one headlight, but I believe subconsciously they think that's just two headlights way off in a distance mm. blended together. And now when I see a car about to turn from a side road or in front of me, I start to weave back and forth like I'm scrubbing the tires. And I've seen a few drivers snap their head back and do a double take like, oh, where'd you come from? <laughs> the moving headlight, the moving headlight gets their attention. I believe it has helped uh, stop a lot of the near misses or the direct hits. So being seen, doing a little weaving, do you uh, find you wear a lot of bright colors? Is that how so you end up helping? or No, I, I refuse to do that high visibility neon yellow. I know it works, and if people choose to use that, great, but I refuse to look like a neon bulb just because the government has failed to provide safe roads and, have, and they've let a lot of morons go out there with the license and nobody gets retested. And I just control my space aggressively, safely aggressively, but I make sure that I keep my lane space. Aggressively, he's like throwing ball bearings. I got some great anvils I got from Acme and they're on a big rubber band on the back seat. I just fire those at them. That's an official BMW accessory, right? Yeah, you can it get is, in trouble yeah. if it's not. <laughs> it won't interface with the menu button. The menu button. My, my, I don't have the new Beamers. Mine's an old tree. I don't have a whole lot of the electronics on there. You uh, don't have the menu button? Good heavens. How do you order food? How do you live, man? How do I order food? I stop the bike and I walk in the man, way you're supposed to. They are behind the times in Canada. Wow. No menu button. Quite frankly, I don't want it. That's just one more chunk of wires that's going to fry somewhere and cause me problems. I like to be a little more basic. You need a euro. <laughs> it's quite basic. Mm. It is very basic, I'm sure. I like my uh, my Beamer's nice. It's got the, the cruise control. That's about the fanciest piece of electronics in the hand. Mm. But right. it won't go off-road like the Ural. That's only because you care so much about it. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> my bike's not made for gravel. That's why I'm looking at adding a dual sport to my stable. I'd like to have the two bikes so uh, when I go off-road or through Saskatchewan, if you have to take anything but the major highways, you need a dual sport because it's such a sparsely populated province. A lot of their secondary highways or they look like the road to Baghdad. There's just pieces missing. You need a Buell. <laughs> Chuck knows where you can get a good deal on it. <laughs> I was looking at the Buells. I, I, yeah. I was really looking at the Buells, and Harley went and pulled the plug on them. That's, uh, I don't understand what they're doing because guys like me were coming into the Harley showroom, which is usually all cruisers, and now I was coming in looking at the Buell Sport bikes and their dual sport, and then they pulled the plug. Harley, what were you doing? That's the problem. It was guys like us walking in there. <laughs> <laughs> there was an element they were trying to remove, and it was you and Chuck. <laughs> Are you here to buy a leather jacket? No. <laughs> yeah. Get out. You want a Norboat chrome? No. Look at these fine T-shirts. And do-rags. Yeah. Not interested. Fringe. I'm all about I'm all about the function of the bike and how well it performs. And if it happens to look good, well, that's a bonus, but it's all or, about function first. 
or not perform, as the case may be sometimes. Yeah. With a bureau. Yeah, there are some there's there's some dogs out there that don't perform very well. I'm yeah. not going to mention models and brands. <laughs> I won't talk about it anymore either. It's the memories are too painful. <laughs> so check out Daryl's site, theplanettour.com. Daryl, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. This old uh, telephone thing worked pretty good. Yeah, it works I'm for so us. I'm glad Canada invented the telephone. That's, uh, that's great. They're so smug. Did, did they? <laughs> Just remember, every time you zip up your pants, you can do so because a Canadian invented the zipper. We don't do the show in pants. It, it breaks our vibe. Okay, thanks, guys. Take it easy. That shirt makes me cry. Don't make me rip it open again. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll tweak your nipple. I'm uncomfortable. Ha-ha! <laughs> Curses! <laughs> the upper hand! Spoiled again. <laughs> Let's do some classifieds. Oh, yeah, because we totally did that out of order. What do we got? What the f- what? Skulls! <laughs> Skulls! Uh, so this, this is a 2009 Yamaha R1 Raven. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it can be found at Coors and I-40, which I assume means like a beer can. <laughs> I don't know. I have a very nice Yamaha R1 Raven. This is the new generation cross-plane injection bike. Sounds like a V-twin. Has exhaust sliders, flush mounts, bubble screen, custom hydrographic skulls, and paint. Hmm. Hydrographic skulls. There are a lot of skulls. Those are. Wow. wow. Skulls. This guy plays Warhammer 40K or something. Cleanse, purge, kill. And that there's like two people that got that joke. Yes, but they thought it was awesome. <laughs> this guy has some issues. Yeah, he some needs... skull issues. Why has he got all those green? I don't know. And there's a person in the background too, like eating like fast food and <laughs> talking on a cell phone. Skulls! Skulls! I'm in a garage with skulls. So it's uh, if you like skulls, this is the bike for you. This is the bike. This is the bike you use. <laughs> now, if you want something a little more fancy, we've got this. Custom helmet. This helmet is being sold for a friend, helping out a friend by selling this for him. Custom helmet. This is a must-have item for any serious rider. Trying our darndest to sell this helmet for a friend. Really need some interested buyers to contact. Ones with spouses that won't say no. Come on, there has to be a buyer out there that must have this helmet. Don't let the spouse say no. This goes out to the guys and gals who are interested. This is a must-sell item for the serious rider. This is a very cool-looking custom helmet that pictures do not do it true justice. You need to come and see it in person to appreciate it. Do not email if you are seriously interested. Oops, had to put this back up for sale. The guy who wanted it has a wife that said no. So I think what he's trying to say... Is that this helmet is being sold for a friend, and it's a must-have item for a serious rider. Chuck, do you consider yourself a serious rider? I am a serious rider. Then you must have this helmet. My wife said no. Is that a skull? Uh, there appears to be all sorts of... I think a, that's a skull. Uh, yeah, there's a skull. That would go great with the R1. Yes, and a dragon <laughs> and a die for some reason. A two six-sided die, so you roll 2d6 damage, which is a two-handed sword, as everyone knows. Why do I have an urge to punch you in the face? I don't know. That's very strange. There's also cards and a pretty bird. Those aren't Magic the Gathering cards. And a tornado. Does that make you sad? Yes. (laughs) Look, Chuck, if you're a serious rider... This would be a must-have for you. I am a serious rider. This is a helmet that you need. My wife said no. You need to buy the helmet. My wife said no. Come on. She said no. You must have this helmet. Said no. Helmet? No. Must? No. 
damn it. No. So apparently he has spouse issues. One's one's getting that impression. Um, (laughs) So maybe it's just me, but selling the helmet for a friend and really just saying over and over, selling for a friend, we really need to sell this for a friend. What does that say to you? Not stolen? Yeah, it has a little not stolen (laughs) stench to me about it. Is that an off-road bike helmet? Yes, that is an off-road helmet. Okay. It's a helmet. A helmet. Obviously. Helmet. Helmet. Helmet with 2D6 damage. Wait, did he even (laughs) – must not. Did he say how much he wants for it? Uh, This is $160 for a custom helmet. Do not email if you are seriously interested. Yes, call (laughs) this number. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't think that guy was serious. We must cleanse our palate. Yes, we need to cleanse the palate. That's not going to cleanse it. We will cleanse it with poop. Oh, God. Japan has unveiled a motorbike powered by animal waste. Oh, God. You you say this like you're a guy without a roboticized toilet. Japan's (laughs) best-known laboratory maker on Wednesday unveiled a poop-powered motorcycle that can travel as far as 180 miles on a tank filled with animal waste. More if you eat Mexican food. (laughs) Indian, you're just fucking going forever. Oh, man. And it's a toilet. You can actively poop into – is that toilet paper on the top? That appears to be a giant toilet paper thing on the top. Oh. Yes. It's a trike, technically. It's a trike. With uh, nice white wall tires and a uh, a rider drives Japanese toiletry goods maker Toto's eco-friendly motorcycle toilet bike Neo. Toto. Oh, that's who makes my toilet. Yes, I know. Your roboticized toilet. It's a very nice toilet. Mm. It has a bidet. Mm, that's and a, nice. And a seat warmer. I fear your toilet. I'm afraid of it every time I have to use it. It also has a dryer. Yeah, I know. And a hundred buttons on it. <laughs> you need to have an engineering degree to operate the toilet. <laughs> Only that company would possibly build the poop-powered motorcycle. I'm okay with the idea of a poop-powered bike. I'm a little disturbed that you can actively poop into it while you're riding. Well, you know, Chuck, I mean, this is this is kind of how it goes. You, how are you supposed to gas it up otherwise? This gives new meaning to the term gas it up, doesn't it? You you could do with the guys that, you know, they make their own biofuel. They go to the Chinese restaurant. And, Taco cart. Yeah, drain the deep Well, in fryer. this case, you go to a Mexican restaurant. Okay, but you you know you get the bean and cheese burrito and you eat like three of them. <laughs> It'll get you all the way to San Diego from here, Chuck. Oh no, this is just the biogas it uses as fuel is not made from human waste. It's made from livestock waste and sewage. Kenji Fujita, a company spokesman, told reporters in a Tokyo suburb. Then why does it have a toilet? <laughs> because it's Japan and they're into that sort of thing. She's wearing way too many clothes for that to be true. There could be a hole in the back. Oh. oh. <laughs> God. We hope to raise awareness among customers about our green campaign through development of environmentally friendly products such as water-saving shower heads and water-saving toilets. Therefore, the only logical thing for us to do is make a poop power trike. <laughs> because we're Japanese and we're fucking nuts. The company, which makes laboratories equipped with an array of features, including heated seats, water adjusted with pressure and temperature controls, ambient background music. Wait. Say that again? And ambient background music. They make it with background music? Apparently, you never pushed that button. I got to upgrade my toilet. Soothing poop noise. (laughs) Has no plans to commercialize the motorcycle. You know what the most useful thing about my toilet is? What? The deodorizer. That is pretty good. It works really well. Mm. No more arguments. Mm. No more lighting matches. Mm. No more accusations. Mm. Shop Toto. (laughs) Shop Toto for all of your pooping and riding needs. (sighs) Yep. I like the fact that they put an attractive female model on the toilet because Japanese people are fucking nuts. Yeah. My life was richer before I saw this. What's that in the front? Uh, that appears to be another toilet paper roll. 
Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you really need to wipe. See, that would be that would be an accessory that would actually be useful on a touring bike. A little toilet paper dispenser <laughs> that you could attach. Come on. How great would that be? That'd be wonderful. You could put that in one, you know, the little handlebar bag. Yeah. You could just have a toilet paper roll. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to make for you. I know what I'm doing for you for Christmas. That's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. I'm buying you a bumper dumper. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Yes. Yes, it is. What have you learned this week, Chuck? I come from depraved people. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that as a serious rider, it's a bit of a hole in my current gear that I don't have a helmet. <laughs> Will your wife say yes? No. <laughs> But that's all we got time for this week. Till next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.